Post podcast. I'm your host, Erin Pym, and I am an erotic writer as well as the producer of the live stage show Bedpost. Here at the podcast, I invite guests to indulge me in a more in depth conversation about sex and sexuality. And this week, we are on location at 175 Herbert Street, speaking with the founder and owner of Good For Her, Carlisle Jansen. Hello! Hello! (laughs) (laughs) Welcome! Thank you! Welcome to me, too, being at Good For Her. I love it. Great. Fantastic. Awesome. I'm very excited to interview you because I've been looking at your uh, cozy conversations with Carla. Right. (laughs) I'm like binge viewing your YouTube videos uh, right now, which I just love, love, love. Hopefully you learned something. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. Before we even start talking about Good For Her, let's just get right into it. I My favorite video that I watched that really kind of hit with me was when you're talking about female arousal. Yeah. Um, I think the title of the video was kind of getting back your... Oh, your libido. Your libido. Yeah, 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 discovering your libido type thing. And just how you talked about... Um, well, I'm... I'm sure yeah. you'll put in much better terms than I will, but you're uh, talking about the difference between desire and arousal right. and kind of the different ways men and women mm-hmm. potentially process arousal yeah. and desire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, the basic premise of that, and it's based on lots of research, is that often we think that we're supposed to have um, desire on a regular basis and that we think it's just going to fall out of the sky and we're going to always feel horny. And yeah. For women in particular, it often is that case at the beginning of a relationship, mm-hmm. but after one to three years, that kind of wanes, and all of a sudden, oh, we, we really rather watch a movie rather than have sex, and we yeah. think, what's wrong with me? And I used to feel horny all the time, and we go and see our I? doctor, and give me a pill, and the reality is that our arousal doesn't really work that way, right. and that we don't always feel desire, but but what we usually feel first is arousal, and then we'll feel desire. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of topsy-turvy to what we expect and what men often experience. Yeah. It, to me, I kind of took it as more of an outside-in, right. whereas men yes. kind of think inside-out. They yes. feel the desire, and then right. on the outside, their bodies are aroused. Yeah. Whereas women, it's almost like, okay, touch me. Yes. Make me aroused. And then the brain and the emotions kind of catch up. Yes. Yeah. Secondarily. Yes. And uh, and so when we know that, we can work with that. But until we know that, sometimes we're really confused and we don't know. And an experience that many women can relate to is where you're sort of like, oh, I don't feel like having sex, but we've had, you know, it's been a long time and my partner's interested and I'll take one for the team. <laughs> and you kind of start and you're like, okay, let's just get this over with. But if your partner knows how to touch you in a way that you like, all of a sudden you, you start, start to getting get really aroused. interested yeah. and really into it. Yeah. yeah, and the arousal builds and you're like, oh, that feels good and you want more and you want more and the desires kicked in and all of a sudden you're like, woohoo, yeah. this is great. Why did it take us so long to <laughs> yeah. do this again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how you put it on the video, how you said you, you both definitely 
have to have an openness to connect. Yes. Physically. How, how I put it to Matt, my partner, uh, after I watched the video, yeah. I said, you know how sometimes I'm like, I would like to be aroused, right. <laughs> but go. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Because the physical desire isn't there yet. But mentally, I'm like, I would like to desire you, please. Yes. <laughs> and then he'll usually start like, you know, a bit of massage or something or, or like you that's said great. on the video, kissing. Yes. That's why maybe a lot of women like to, maybe it's a stereotype that women like to kiss more than guys. Well, guys that's like one to, way that we get aroused. But that's how we get aroused. Right. And yeah. then we get into it. And if we don't have that, sometimes our body doesn't really doesn't get, get there. interested. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing then is like you said, like just kissing and touching on a regular basis rather than only when it's about sex. Right. Means that we're much more open to that kissing and touching. Because so many women I know, when their partner goes to kiss them, they pull away. They're like, oh, I don't want to have sex right now. Oh, I see. Right? But if you kiss regularly and it's not only about sex, it's just about, hey, I want to kiss you because you're hot. And, <laughs> and I love doing. you. Yeah. And then sometimes it might lead to something more, which is really great. Yeah. I interviewed a lovely lady that works as a dom, Lady Shane. Yeah, she said a lot of women come in to use her services with the complaint that he doesn't touch me, just doesn't touch me ever. Right. And she had a very similar kind of solution for that was, you know, juicy kiss before you go off to work, like keep mm -hmm. that physical touch yes. happening, you know, yeah. give a cute a little grope while she's doing the dishes or he's yeah. doing the dishes, like just keep that yeah. going throughout. Yeah. And as you said, not only when you're about to have sex. Yes. Yeah. So that it's fun and hot and exciting. And I like to call it keeping the pilot light on. There you go. Yeah. Because if we don't keep that little bit of eroticism on a regular basis, that pilot light goes out. Yeah. It's, it's easy to just really not. hard. Then there's nothing. And yeah. it's really hard to get things going. To get it back, yeah. Um, another video that I must have showed maybe 15 people wow. in, the, in the past two weeks. Wow. Just because it made me smile so much. And yeah. I was so pleased to meet Greg downstairs. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the one in which... Greg has featured your employee, yes, Greg. Yeah. And it's about uh, different positions yes. for... Yes, uh, spot stimulation. For stimulation, that's the yeah. word I'm thinking of. And the two of you are just so precious, and he's <laughs> just so cute in it, and it just yeah. amuses me so much to watch. Yeah. But also, obviously, so much good information there. Yeah, good. I, I kind of realized, like, I, I do a sex podcast, and I do a yeah. sex show. Yeah. I like to think I know <laughs> things about sex, but, like... There's still so there's much to always learn. Always more to learn. Like there is one position that hits the G spot where the woman's like right flat on her belly with her right. legs closed. Yeah. And he's from behind. And I'm like, oh, that's why I like that position right. so much. Because it Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean it's good sometimes to have a sense of it's like, oh, that's why of I why. like it, right? And then you can make sure that you get it exactly the way you want it every time, rather than it being kind of hit and miss, or like, why is it that this works? Yeah, because that position in particular was kind of a no-brainer, just because the physiology of being in that position, you're going to hit it. Right. Whereas in other positions, you really kind of have to try, yeah. you know, and do some maneuvering and things to, yeah. to, to hit that spot. But in that spot where the woman's like flat out on her belly... You know, you were saying the butt's kind of in the way, so he can't go too deep. So yeah. he's in that nice shallow spot, thrusting yeah. towards the front of her body, which is like near the belly button yeah. area. You were saying, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of no matter what, you're going to hit it in that spot. And I'm like, that's why that spot is always great. 
Awesome. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I'm totally binge viewing those videos. When Good. I came in the store and Greg was at the counter, I was like, Greg! <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you in a very interesting uh, position. I know you. With your clothes on. Still. <laughs> okay, so let's go back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to know where the the inspiration or impetus to open Good For Her came from. Um, so my story is a little convoluted. Okay. Um, I grew up in Toronto, and I was never comfortable with sex. Really? Um, yeah. My I saw my mom kiss my dad once on the cheek, um, and that was the only intimacy that I witnessed in our household. Wow. Um, I used to watch The Love Boat on TV because I was trying to figure out how relationships happened. Um, we didn't talk about sex, and when Sue Johansson came to my grade 10 class in high school... Wow, um, that's cool yeah, in itself. Yeah, and that was before she was big and all that exciting stuff, but sure. she came and talked about sex in a way that nobody had ever talked about it, and I told my mom afterwards, and she said, well, don't go thinking that gives you permission to take your clothes off, and I said, no, no, I'm not taking my clothes off. So I didn't take my clothes off until I was about 21, Okay, because um, sex just totally scared me. And I finally met someone I was comfortable with, mm -hmm. and um, actually, as we were getting naked, I freaked out, and I said, "Oh my God, I'm terrified of your penis! Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen one it's before." The mystery of yeah, the, the unknown about the unknown. Yeah, yeah. And so he was really sweet. He the gave me a little guided me. tour. He showed me around. I was like, "Okay, we can make friends." And so we were having sex, and there was this build, and nothing really happened. And so he stopped, and he said, "What do you like?" And I said to him, what do you uh, mean? aren't you supposed to know that? <laughs> and he suggested I should know about how my body works, which had never occurred Even to occurred me before. To you. So for two years, I tried to figure out how to have an orgasm. <laughs> and I practiced on my own. I practiced with him. Nothing worked. Okay. So I finally just resigned myself that some people are tall and some are short. Some are good at math. Others are better at art. Some can orgasm, some can't. And I was okay with that. Okay. Until a few years and relationships later, I was dumped because of my inability to orgasm. Oh, that is terrible. So I finally went to one of my good friends and I said, okay, this is now getting in the way. And she showed me a back massager, very similar to mm -hmm. the Hitachi Magic Wand. Which is what it was originally. Correct. It, it is a back massager. And I, and yes. I, and I think that, sidebar, I believe they kind of want to go back to just back massager. Well, no, it's they? not that they want to go back to back massager. They want to take the word Hitachi off of it. And so yeah. they've rebranded it, the original just. wand, because people are going into regular stores and buying power tools and TVs, and they're saying, hey, that's the same brand as my vibrator. Oh, because they're seeing Hitachi. And they don't want that happening. Yeah. Okay. So they're calling it the original one, but it's still the same and it's still only sold in sex shops. And it's still going to be sold forever and a day. Yes. Okay. It's still fabulous. Mystery solved. Yeah. Sorry. So that was my first. So she got you that. Yeah. So, that. and I had my first orgasm and I thought, okay, I'm part of the club Yeah. and decided, you know, I need to learn about sex. And I was taking workshops, watching videos, reading books. Um, and when my sister got married, I gave her some sex toys, thinking that was sort of, you know, a good way to celebrate her marriage. Yeah. Um, and thinking that was relatively normal, but her friends didn't think that was very normal, and they had brought, you know, salad bowls and wine glasses. <laughs> so when they opened these gifts that I had brought my sister, when she was opening them, her friends freaked out and said, oh my god, what is that thing? And where do you stick it? 
and what does it do? So I explained it to them, and they said, wow, you're so comfortable talking about sex. You should teach workshops. Oh, man. And I thought, well, that sounds like fun. And so the first workshop I did was with my sister and her friends, and I kind of expanded from there. And people said, you know what, we want a comfortable place where we can go and shop and buy products, and we want more workshops. So that was my impetus to start Good For Her. Which Amazing. Was so how long ago was that? Yeah. 19 years. 19 years. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You're almost at 20. Congratulations. Almost. I know. It's oh like, my goodness. <laughs> I owned a restaurant for just five years. Wow. <laughs> and I... I got out of there. <laughs> well, the restaurant, restaurant business is hard. It's well, it's all hard. Yeah, it's but, all hard. Um, congratulations! Wow, thanks. Huge. Yeah, it's like my firstborn. Yes, yes. I felt like it was my my partner and my right. <laughs> my baby and yeah, my everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just your there. life. Just your life. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so now knowing that about you, mm -hmm. your first book is about female masturbation. Correct. Right? Yeah. So when was that published? That was published a year ago in 2015. Oh, a year ago. Okay, yep. fantastic. So that, I'm assuming that was same types of inspiration uh, due to your personal experience to kind of share that with other women? Yeah, I was approached about writing the book. Mm. And um, I mean, I, I actually don't really like writing. No? Oh, because you've written two. Um, but I, you know, you just, you have to write. And I was writing for an article for a magazine, Tonic Magazine. And now I'm writing for her magazine. And now I'm writing blogs. And um, so I was like, okay, I guess I'm not a terrible writer. <laughs> and so I um, was approached to write this book. And they had the name of the title, the title, which was Sex Yourself. Sex Yourself. And I basically just came up with the chapters and poured everything out of my head that I talk about every day with customers and in workshops. It just, like, I had to do very little research. It was oh, I'm just sure. all the stuff that it came out of my head. It was all there already. And so it was a pretty easy flow. It was good. I also have a ghostwriter. I was going to say, did somebody help you write it? Kind if you're like not a writer. Editor. Yeah. 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 And she was great. She didn't change a lot, but she just you know, added a little bit of flair and lightened it up a little bit and was it was just good and it took a bit of the pressure off me to make sure I got it perfectly right the first time because sure. I knew she was going to kind of fluff it up a bit. So sure. um, so what are the types of things you cover in that book, if you don't mind my asking? Yeah, so that book we talk a little bit about the health benefits of masturbation. We talk a bit about the myths of masturbation and why it sort of had a hard time getting going. Mm -hmm. um, we have a big section on anatomy and one of the things I was really adamant about because a lot of books out there don't get into this is techniques what do you do like mm -hmm. a lot of people think well you know that's where the clitoris is so just like it's go to town know. yeah um but there's so many different ways of pleasuring not only the clitoris but the other erectile tissue that's underneath the surface stimulating the g-spot you know we talk about the a spot and the p spot <laughs> and the cul-de-sac <laughs> there's all these different spots and the thing is is that for women we're really, really different. Yes. And so, you know, some women don't even like their clit stimulated. Yeah. Some women love the cervix. And others, it's like, oh, my God, don't touch don't go that near thing. there. Yeah. Right? And so, for me, the key was, where are all the different spots so that you can explore and, and figure, figure out, out which are yourself. yours? And here are some tips and ways on pleasuring those spots. Even if you know you're like your clit stimulated, here are some different ways of playing with it that maybe you hadn't thought of that might yeah, because add some variety. With masturbation, I find it's easy to just do the exact same thing oh, totally. every time. Yeah. Right? And not and really explore. If it works, yeah. yeah, don't fix it if it ain't broke. Yeah. And just do the exact same thing every time. And sometimes you might find something that you like even more. 
Yeah. Right? That's a better kind of stimulation, but you didn't really think to explore that because you were like, well, this seems to do the trick okay. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people don't put much thought into it either because right. it's just kind of an automatic thing you do, at, you know, maybe as a stress reliever or you know, just part of a routine, you know, you yeah. do it before bed. You Right. And we stick with a lot of the patterns that we've developed and we don't really go beyond. And sometimes yeah. we're lucky if a partner tries something different and then you're and like, we're oh. like, Oh, I didn't know I liked that. Or what are you doing? Um, so it's about expanding your repertoire. There's also another, um, uh, there's a big chapter on orgasms because one of my popular workshops that I do here at Good For Her and outside of here is Bigger, Better Multiples Orgasms for Women. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a big long chapter on how to have more powerful orgasms, how to make them last longer, how to have multiple orgasms, um, how to have an orgasm period. Yeah. Um, and so there's a chapter on that. There's a chapter on communication. Because this is where a lot of us get stuck. Okay, so it works for me, <laughs> but how do I get that to work with you? Mm. So many women have a hard time communicating with their partner, or they, they just can't let go with a partner. They can't orgasm with a partner, even doing the exact same, same thing, thing yeah. that they're doing on their own once somebody else is in the room. Yeah, because a lot of it is mental. A lot of it is mental. And yeah. so just problem solving that and talking through that and how do you communicate around that. Um, and then there's a chapter on toys, because of course toys can make masturbation really great. Mm -hmm. And then there's, um, the last chapter is on solo sex together. So, yeah, so assisted masturbation. Assisted masturbation or ways that you can spice up your partner sex life through masturbation. So maybe you want to do like a, um, like a striptease lap dance and you touch yourself, but your partner doesn't touch themselves and, or isn't allowed to touch you. Mm -hmm. Right. So how to make that exciting or, um, sex over the phone, right? Masturbation right. while you're having phone sex. So some fun ideas on, especially if masturbation works really well for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. How can you bring that into the bedroom? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, interviewing a phone sex worker. Mm -hmm. Uh, her name is Leah. She just yeah. did the live show in which her set was her top five most memorable calls. Right. And it was just the funniest yeah. and greatest thing. That's a real skill. Oh, yeah, I know. Wow. I can't wait to talk to her. She's going to be airing uh, the Friday after yours, so I think it's okay. the 8th. Yeah. Um, fun, fun. Also, speaking about going back to your videos, the Cozy Conversations with yeah. Carlisle videos, a, a very interesting one for me was about how to use your vibrator. Right. And it's like, well, doy, you flick it on. <laughs> and you put it on your clip. Yes. But no way. There are so many other ways to use your vibrator, like to place it lengthways on yourself, you know, to put it between, not right on the clit, but on either side yeah. of the labia, like put a condom on it, put it around the anal or the perineum. Yeah. All types of different things you can do there. Yeah. Or like right on the mound, like, you know, and usually as you're saying, yeah, just <laughs> turn around and go right on the clit. That's... Yeah. You know, there's so much more. Well, and sometimes putting it right on the clit doesn't work, or it's too much, or it's too intense, or that's one of the mistakes people make with a vibrator, because mm -hmm. they find the spot and they leave it in one spot, mm -hmm. and then you go numb. Mm -hmm. Because your body you numb out. Yeah. numbs out, it tunes out, and it's looking for difference. Yeah. And so if there's no difference going on, it sort of says, oh, okay, I know that thing's on my clit. What else is going on? What's going on out the window, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
What time is it? Where's What's happening I... on the ceiling? Am I hungry? What? Yeah, yeah. And we just totally tune out. You have to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know where to move it to or don't have some suggestions on different ways of playing with it, mm-hmm. you can also discover some new erogenous zones with a vibrator that, you know, where yeah, your fingers nipples, don't work. Like different yeah. things that aren't directly your genitals yeah. that are quite lovely. Yes. Yeah. Also, and then with a penis, what you can do with yes. a vibrator. Because yeah. one... Um, I'm not sure what, if this a particular spot has a name or not, but you're saying kind of underneath the testicles, between right. the anus and the testicles? The perineum. Yeah, yeah. for him, because he has some nerve endings. The base of the cock is there, and so guys love a strong vibrator, yeah. like the magic wand, Yeah, between the testicles and the butt. Because there's something very kind of deep inside that you can't really yeah. access other than with vibrations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the base of the cock that's kind of deeper inside the body, and it's a spot where a lot of guys don't know about. Yeah, and that's what's really fun in particular is doing something to a partner they have never tried themselves. Yeah, right. And so when you're like, "Hey, let's do this," and they're like, "What are you doing?" Oh my God, that feels great! What are you doing? <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> Get me in on it. <laughs> that's always lots of fun. How can I replicate this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think it's super common knowledge that uh, some men masturbate with a vibrator, which yeah. you don't necessarily think of that men there's a, do there's solo. There's a, a double standard around hmm. men and toys, and toys. I yeah. find. And it's sort of like people are, they at first they're sort of like, oh yeah, women, okay, I get it. You know, vibrators enhance what you're doing. That's okay. You kind of get used to it and you're like, oh, okay, that's a positive thing. But guys, that's just gross. Yeah. And I don't know why it's different for men, but it is. And um, I think it's really great for anybody to explore. It doesn't matter what your plumbing is, who you're having (laughs) sex with, what you're doing. As long as you're not doing anything unsafe and you're not harming anybody, like whatever feels good, right? Go to town. Do you have any toys specifically that you would recommend for guys? Because that's another thing that kind of I have trouble with. It's so easy to go into a sex store and buy a gift for a lady. Right. But when you go in there and you need to buy a gift for a man, and maybe even especially a cis-gendered straight man, it's like, what do I buy? Uh, So, I mean, if you want just to try something, the Tenga eggs are great. They... um, are, they're disposable, but they're only 10 bucks. And mm-hmm. so if you want to test it out and see, it's just a masturbator that, that has some ripples on it that goes over um, the head and the shaft. So it's kind of like a sleeve? It's like a sleeve, but it's stretchy. So it starts small and you pull it down. Okay. Um, uh, Tenga also has this amazing toy called the flip hole. I have never wanted a penis until I saw the flip hole. <laughs> what is it? So it's like... Because I have wanted a penis. <laughs> it's... Um, um, it, it, some people are familiar with the flashlight, yes. which is it looks like a big canister, like a flashlight, and it's got either a vulva or um, a mouth or an yeah, anus opening, and it's and it's you know to stimulate. You have to move it, right? You have mm-hmm. to move it up and down. The Tenga has really fabulous ripples, and and I, I like to say that rather than imitating a vagina. Uh-huh. They improved upon it, if you you know, <laughs> not in terms of looks, but in terms of sensation. And it's got wow. all these amazing ribs and ridges, and then you can also squeeze it, which you can't with a flip hole, right? Or with a with, with a, flash, a flashlight. flashlight, you can squeeze it to get suction, and so it's just an amazing sensation. It's a great toy. Interesting. So that's one of my favorites. Um, another one of my favorites is the. Um, 
the hot octopus. Okay, which what's that? Doesn't look anything like an octopus. Okay, um, but it's a sleeve and it's a it's a it's a guy braider. So a lot oh. of toys for men don't vibrate. This one does. Right, right. And it has a little vibrator that sits on the frenulum, and the frenulum is that little upside down V mm-hmm. on the head just where the head meets the shaft Mm -hmm. on the underside. Mm -hmm. That's very sensitive, and so it just vibrates that spot. And what's great about it is, A, it feels good. Mm -hmm. B, you can use it whether you're soft or hard. Oh, interesting. So if you're not hard, you can still have lots of pleasure, which most other toys, you need to be hard to feel it. For men. Um, Yes. And um, thirdly that they have it now with a remote control and you know what guy doesn't love a remote control um, <laughs> but the back side of it vibrates also so you have to you have to look at the video and we have it on our website but oh. basically he has it on his frenulum the partner he or she sits on it and gets yeah. vibration against the vulva or the perineum oh. and so you're so, it's sort of like you're having intercourse mm-hmm. but you're not and so for couples where either the partner can't get hard so you can't have intercourse mm. and or uh, the the receiving partner can accommodate penetration mm-hmm. it's too painful yeah, yeah. and so they don't want it inside them yeah. it it feels like you're having intercourse in terms it's a of shared the positioning. experience right. and the positioning. Yeah. yeah, but you don't have to have that. You can both have lots of pleasure. That sounds lovely. That yeah. again was called the hot octopus. The pulse. hot octopus. What a good name! I don't know who makes up these names. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, it's a great toy. Way better than the name. Um, and so, um, so that's another one of my favorites for men. Fantastic. Okay, we're gonna take a super quick break, and then we will be back with good for hers. Kyle Jansen. Well, folks, I'm recording this on a Friday, which means that two exciting things are happening for me. Number one is that I get to release an all-new episode of the Bedpost podcast. But secondly, today is the day that I head down to the Social Capital Theatre to check out Friday Day Sketch Live the comedy show in which a totally hilarious cast write an entirely new sketch show every single week. It starts at 10 o'clock every Friday, but I have to tell you that's not the only show happening at the Social Capital, and it's not even the only show happening at the Social Capital tonight. No matter what day of the week you're listening to this podcast, there is a live show being staged this evening. Find out which one you're going to go see at socap.ca or facebook.com slash thesocap. Hello and welcome back. It's Erin Penn with the Bedpost Podcast here with Carlisle Jansen. Hi again. Hello. Welcome back. (laughs) Um, As we were speaking about your first book, Sex Yourself, you also came out with another book this year. Correct. And that's Anal Sex Basics. Yes. And the tagline is the beginner's guide to maximizing anal pleasure for everybody. Yes. Not everybody. Everybody. Body. Yes. (laughs) So why did you write a book about anal sex? So I was almost finished my book, Sex Yourself, and my um, uh, editor had asked me since I did a lot of workshops on anal sex and mm-hmm. I had um, been writing about it and she said, you know, do you want to write a book about it? Yeah. And I said, woohoo, that would be fun. Um, <laughs> That's the funnest thing I could write a book yes, about. Yes, <laughs> yes. And because I love just expanding people's notions about what is anal sex, that it's not right. just a penis up the butt. Because that, that's so intimidating. 
Yes, it's very intimidating. And I think that is always, for some reason, that's the goal. That is often the goal. And and what happens is, is that people start with that, and it doesn't work, and they say, oh, I'm never doing that again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And so my whole mission, I feel like I'm a missionary. Yes. I want people to enjoy their butts. Yes. And in whatever way that that is. So it might be just external play. It may be oral anal stimulation, and that's all you want to do. And that's fine. Yeah. It may be that you want to do fingers. It might be you want to work your way up to a penis or a big toy. But, but starting there is... Is generally a bad idea. Generally a bad idea. And so what are some ways that you can enjoy the pleasure and work your way up and have fun so that the goal is pleasure for the butt? Not penis up the butt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, I was approached to uh, to do this, and I thought, okay, let's do it. And one of my, um, my goals with that was, again, like my first book, I wanted to include techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to include everybody. And so um, mo- there's some different books out there about anal sex, but they tend to focus on either men's bodies or women's bodies. Um, and I wanted to have every kind of body included. Everybody. Um, and I, I also, with this book, I was looking for people to add their quotes and their experiences. So there's really fun little quotes peppered all the way throughout really? from people who shared their experiences with me. And I also specifically solicited quotes from some people. Um, so I have perspective of a trans guy, mm-hmm. perspective of a trans woman. Mm-hmm. I have a perspective of someone with um, irritable bowel syndrome mm-hmm. and her experience with butt play, which mm-hmm. has not always been great. Mm-hmm. So uh, both sides of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I even had, unfortunately, they cut it, but I had the experience of a woman who no longer has a colon and a rectum. Um, she had, uh, what is it called, a colo something or other. Anyway, so yeah. she no longer has it attached there, but still awesome. enjoys pleasure in that area and how she reconnected with that. So, oh, I see. Um, and they cut that. That's too bad. That. I know. I was really, un- I was really sad That's about really that. It's really lovely that she's... Yeah, yeah. What a lovely journey and story. Yeah, and so I wanted to include lots of different experiences, Mm -hmm. partly, I think, because people think, oh, butt sex, that's for those people over there, right? It's for gay men. It's for adventurous people. It's for For young people. It's for people who don't want to get pregnant. It's for porn. Yeah, all of that. And it's like, you know what? It can be for everyone. And in fact, it is for everyone. And we all have one. (laughs) Most of us, except that poor lady. Well, (laughs) that's why I call the anus the equal opportunity orifice. (laughs) That's not me who came up with that term. I don't know who came up with it, but I love it because everybody has the potential to enjoy it. And um, I remember many years ago, um, a guy came up to me at our booth at one of the sex shows and he was looking at a book, um, Tristan Terramino's Anal Sex for Women. Mm -hmm. And he said to me, like, do women really do that? And I said, yeah, they do, and some really like it. And he's like, well, how am I going to get my wife to want to do that? And I said, well, one of the ways you can is by inviting her to touch your you. butt and explore your butt. And he just said to me, like, whoa, no way. That's not for me. And I'm thinking, well, why do you think that's going to be for her then? Where's the disconnect, man? Yeah. And, you know, I like to say also that when a guy says to me, let's have anal sex, I say, great, bend over. Let's do you first. Because he's got a prostate. Yeah. Generally. Yep. Um, and there's way more pleasure to be had for him than for me. So it makes way more sense to start with his pleasure than my pleasure. Right. Yeah. Um, And I trust someone way more 
to pleasure my butt, who's willing for me to pleasure their butt Theirs. also. Yeah. So that was sort of my mission with this book, to um, include lots of different voices, lots of different experiences, lots of different options. And so we've got um, a chapter on myths, we've got anatomy, we've got techniques on the outside, we've got techniques on the inside, we've got toys, we've got communication, because communication is particularly tricky around butt play. Right. Um, we've got positions for um, anal intercourse. And I also put in a section on aftercare. So we've got the prep, mm -hmm. and cleaning yourself and getting That's ready for it. And we also have the aftercare, which is also very specific. Mm -hmm. um, That's something I talked about very briefly with uh, with someone on the podcast as well, yeah. that it's a bit more of a production. Yes, it is. It is. You need to <laughs> consider a few more things. Yeah. Um, and once you know what you're doing, it doesn't have to be a big production, but it, you just have to consider a few more things. Yeah. Um, and then I also have a section on kink and anal. And mm -hmm. how those two go together. And Andrea Zanin, who's a local um, kingster, mm -hmm. um, I asked her to write a short piece in there also to enhance just what I had to offer around um, butt play and kink. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, the, the, the book is called Anal Sex Basics. I didn't choose that title. Right. It's part of a it series. Doesn't, it doesn't sound super basic. It's not basic. Yeah. Um, I didn't want it to be basic. It's very involved it's and complex very, yeah. and yeah. meaty. Well, I wanted it to be actually quite comprehensive. Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's part of a series. There's a bondage basics, and I don't know what other basics are coming out. There's okay. some other ones coming out. That so, you're going to be writing? No, no, no. Bondage okay. basics already came out, and the others, I don't know who's doing it. But okay. it's sort of the series, a right? A series of basics. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, for me, you know, my goal was I want it to be for people who want to know just the basics, but also people who might have some experience, who want to go further, who are trying to figure out how can I make this feel better? How can I enjoy it more? How can I incorporate more? Am I doing it right? Am mm -hmm. I doing it safely? You know, all of those things. Yeah, fantastic. One thing I would like to ask you, yeah. I'm sure you've got lots of toys for butts. Lots of toys for butts. What are some of your favorite toys, uh, specifically for anal usage? Yeah. Yeah. So, Lalo makes a, a vibrating toy. It's designed to be used during intercourse, kind of like the okay. Wii Vibe. Um, but I don't find it works that well for that. Okay. Um, and it has a part that's on the outside, and the part on the inside goes around. It twirls around. So rather than vibrating, it does vibrate, but rather than going in and out, it's an around. And because so many of our nerve endings are just that first inch yes, in. Yes, yes. That often that's the thing what I tell people to do with fingers is once you get a finger in there or a penis or a toy, rather than going in and out, yeah. go around. Yes. And the anus relaxes much more and it's so pleasurable. Yeah. And this toy is only about a finger width. Okay. So it's a nice so beginner size toy. And it goes around. So that's one of my favorite that's butt great. toys. Yeah, that makes really so awesome. much sense to me. Yeah. yeah. For somebody that does a lot of kind of manual stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And for some reason I get in um, I get in trends of how I get off. Right. <laughs> so the trend right now is like very surface area yeah exactly that <laughs> yeah and then like I move on from a trend and Matt's like got to catch up to find out what the new thing is yeah. that I'm into right. that's good that's but, like fun. for this like month right okay. <laughs> that's exactly it great yeah, yeah. good 
So that's one of my favorites. Um, I um, that sounds lovely. Yeah, I also <laughs> like a vibrating. How much is that? Do you know, um, that uh, one ballpark? is it's like 150 or something. Okay, There's yeah. one with a remote and one without a remote, mm-hmm. depending on how fancy you want to get. Sure. I also really like a vibrating butt plug, mm-hmm. and Happy Valley, which is out of um, Peterborough, Ontario, mm-hmm. make a really nice um, series of butt plugs called the Pleasure Plugs. Is this the couple that kind of are on a, f- they're a farm, farm and they make it? Yeah. 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 That's yeah, so great. Awesome. Happy Valley. Um, and they don't make vibrating toys, but you can strap a little egg-shaped vibe or a, a bullet vibe to the bottom and mm-hmm. then you're good to go. Great. Um, and you want to be able to turn it on and off because it's not moving, you're go numb. So you want to mm. have the option to turn it on and off. But when you have something up your butt and then you do something vaginally at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like, woohoo! It's like mind-blowing. Yeah, it's way better. So that's fun. And then the third one I would add is the Pure Wand. Pure Wand. So this is an Enjoy toy. It's metal. Mm-hmm. It looks like a curved barbell. Interesting. It's quite heavy, and so it has a thin end and a thick end, depending on your preference. Okay. Um, guys with prostates are like, oh my god, one of my friends says he doesn't even put it back in the box. <laughs> it's just always just, out. That's it's great. amazing. And I love it because it's a great G-spot toy, it's a great prostate toy, it's a great butt toy. Mm-hmm. Um, you can warm it, you can cool it, it's easy to clean because it's metal. And that's one um, of the nice things about a metal toy, right? Yes. Is that it will adapt to your body temperature. Yeah. But you can, yeah, put it in the fridge or freezer. Or, yeah. Yeah. Or under some warm water. Not hot water. You don't want to burn yourself. Right, right. Because it will conduct no heat. <laughs> It'll it will. And the first <laughs> time really I used a metal toy... I boiled it first to sterilize it. Okay. Well, I mean, it didn't cool down for, for like an hour. hour. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second. What I can I like, use? Yeah, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> I mean, I probably should have stuck it in a bowl with ice water, but I was just sort of, I kept checking it. I'm like, okay, is it ready now? No. I mean, metal, you know, holds <laughs> heat, right? Retain nicely. <laughs> Fantastic. Which is the advantage and the disadvantage. Yeah. Um, so the other thing with anal toys is you've got to sanitize them, as you were saying. Like yeah. cleaning and sanitizing is super important, especially with anal toys. Yeah, and especially if you're going to share them. Right. So if you're going to share them, even if you are sharing sexual juices with a partner, Already. you're not worried about STIs, so like that's all bonded. fine. Yeah, even if that's okay, you don't want to share your butt toys. Okay. Because we have our own natural ecosystem. Flora. Our known flora and fauna in our in our digestive system, essentially. And you don't want to go messing with somebody else's and introducing new flora and fauna over right. there. So, um, Would you so put a condom on it? I've heard you say that in those So yeah, videos. you can put a condom on it. It's yeah. an easy way if you don't want to get up and wash it and or boil it. I mean, if it's silicone or metal, basically washing it is fine. Okay. You're not... I mean, nothing's really going to stick to it. It's not porous. Right. So washing it is fine. But, right. you know, sometimes you're in the middle of it and you don't want to get up and yeah. To the washroom, yeah. so condoms on your bedside table are a great way of dealing with that. Yeah, and you just put a condom on, and then you're good to go. To with something like a a wipe, uh, work? a wipe would also work. I mean, a wipe isn't quite as good as soap and water, mm-hmm. um, but in a know, pinch would it work? In or? a pinch, I mean, it's all about harm reduction, right? And right. so. You know, we all know we're not supposed to cross the street when there's no crosswalk <laughs> or light, right? But how many Sometimes of us do it? Do it? Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, let's do it when we look both ways and make sure that there's no traffic coming. Right. And maybe when we're not looking down at our phones and we keep looking as we cross the street, right? And we don't do it during rush hour. I mean, all kinds of things. So, 
you know, yes, you could wipe it down with a baby wipe, and 99.9% of the time you're going to be fine. Should be fine, yeah. So, you know, it's so, up to you. Yeah. Do you. How much risk are you willing to take? Right. Because risk, even when you are fluid bonded, it's always kind of a part of sex. It's always a part of sex. It's always a part of sex. There's risk physically. Mm-hmm. There's risk emotionally. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, you know, and the thing about butt play is it can really open up a whole other series of emotions that you didn't know were there. Right. Um, like real sensory. Yeah. And it's just, it taps into a whole other part of you. And um, um, I learned a lot from Chester Maynard, who um, unfortunately has since died, but he taught a lot of workshops that I attended. And he said, the fastest way to getting to what's really going on <laughs> is to tap into the butt. You know, really? And then, like what's really going on inside of you, what you're hiding, what you're not willing to say, what you're ashamed of, all of that stuff. There it goes. It's the fastest way to get to it. Really? Wow. Is that similar yeah. to like when you get ac- acupuncture in a certain place? Sometimes you just start crying. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, ac- be. like Can pressure be. point type yeah, stuff. Yeah, just that like there's just something that it brings out and just like brings it up for you. So butt play is really good. And for some people, it can be really emotional. Um, I think especially for cisgendered men who are penetrated Mm. by women it just brings up that whole side of things you know for anyone that whole taboo that you know it's bad girls do this or bad boys do this or i'm gay if i do this or Mm -hmm. you know it's dirty or it you know nasty all of those a lot of shame layers lots and lots of layers yeah yeah so what is Anal sex, one of your favorite topics to speak on. I love talking about anal sex. Yeah, yeah. Partly because I just love to debunk what it, yeah. what people think it is, and so I, I, I feel reframing. Like, yeah, reframing. Sorry to cut you off, and I feel like anal sex is one of the types of sex that people have the most trouble with. Would that be, or or sure. or yeah. are the most complex? Because you can do anal sex incorrectly. Like a lot of sex, oh, I feel sure. like. It's just about pleasure and do whatever feels good. But anal yeah. sex, you can do painfully yeah. or, yeah, absolutely. or hurtfully. Absolutely. And most people, I would say a, a lot of people do. And, and yeah. when I teach anal sex and I talk about how it doesn't have to be painful, I always get people at the end who are come up to me and say, you said that at the beginning. And I'm like, how can you have anal sex and it not be painful? Really? And then I talk about it and they're like, so I'm going to try some of those things. Because people just accept that that's they a think part of the package. Yes. Yeah. You just have to endure it. And that's just the way it is. And, and why would we, why do people do it if that's... Well, I think because it's something you do for your partner, yeah. your partner likes it, or uh, still it's though. painful and then it feels good once, mm, you relax, once you relax, and so you're willing to endure that pain for the 30 seconds in order to have that intensity and that pleasure and the um, the intimacy with your partner that comes thereafter. Right. You're willing to pay that price. But at no point should it be painful. Well, pain is our body's way of saying that we're doing something wrong. Right, right. So we need to pay attention to that. And often it's because we're forcing it in too fast. Yeah. Um, And what I explain in one of my videos that I also put in the book is that if it hurt the last time, your anus is going to remember that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. And when you go to put it in again, your your head sense sort memory. Of, yeah, and your body's yeah, like, okay, you know, I can trust. It's okay. Go ahead. And, yeah, and I'm ready. And your head, like, I'm ready. Let's do this. We're ready. Yeah. But your body still and your anus isn't ready. is saying, "Are you kidding no way. me? I'm not ready. I don't want to go through that again." And it tightens up. And yeah. to force against a tight anus, 
means it's more painful, you're going to tear, yeah. and it's not going to be pleasurable. So a lot of people will endure the pain for a long time, but most people I find it's that it's the first 30 seconds that are painful, and then their partner just stays there, and then the pain goes Hangs away, out, yeah. and then as you relax, then it feels good. Yeah. And it's like reteaching it, reteaching yeah. your body. And basically what you need to do with the butt, and this is the same thing that happens with women with painful intercourse. Mm is that the vagina is like, I'm not letting that thing in, mm. last time it hurt, is that you have to work slowly so that your butt and or your vagina don't have to endure the pain. Once they learn that it won't be painful, once your anus or your vagina learns, okay, it's not going to be painful, it will start to relax and trust. Mm -hmm. And then it actually becomes hungry for more. Right, yeah. But you just have to go slowly for a few times and enable it to trust, and then the payoff is great because then you can have penetration that doesn't hurt and you don't have to endure that. Mm -hmm. So just as a time frame, how slow is slow? I think this is kind of important because you actually mm -hmm. do mention in one of the videos that I'm binge watching right, right now, like even just outside stimulation... Just like, like 10, a finger over minutes. for like 10, 15 minutes. Yep. By slow, I think people still think fast. Right. No, it's true. Like <laughs> slow, how means, slow. slow means two minutes rather than one minute. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. So I always uh, recommend 10 to 15 minutes on the outside. Just like a finger on the outside. Yeah. Or a tongue is divine. Yeah. Or a right. vibrator. Right. And then when you put a finger in, you, again, don't poke in and out. You yeah. hold it there. Yeah. And you go around. And you can feel, the great thing about a finger is the finger can feel, mm -hmm. are the sphincter muscles tightening mm -hmm. or are they relaxing? Mm -hmm. And you can feel when it's relaxed and you can be like, okay, that's good. Okay. Maybe I can put another finger in now. Mm -hmm. Right? And you can gradually increase the width. And so you might be, um, it might take you, you might not get a penis in the first time. Yes, or, I think that's important to yes, say. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That like slow still doesn't mean even after a couple hours you'll be ready. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. It might be that it's your third or fourth session where you're playing. Yeah, because I feel like it's kind of, you're learning how to use those muscles for the person that's uh -huh. being penetrated. You kind of have to learn how to use those muscles. Yes. Right? And your anus has to trust. Yeah. And so... If you make the initial investment <laughs> of a few sessions, and, you know, hopefully you're going to be having lots of sex sessions with this person, right? Right, so that's the idea, yeah. It's not, you know, and most people run out of ideas. So why rush it? <laughs> why not take your time until you get to really that exquisite pleasure-filled, pain-free place, mm -hmm. and then you can have many times where you have that great sex session. Same thing with painful vaginal stimulation. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. What I, I recommend, and I have a video on how to approach it really, really slowly, that sometimes you will spend 15 minutes and the finger or a small toy goes in and out twice because you're constantly stopping, you're constantly taking a breath and squeezing and relaxing, and the slower you go and allow the vagina to really trust, the more likely it is to open up more easily the next time. And so mm -hmm. it might take you 
eight or ten sessions before you can get something as wide as a penis in there. Yeah. But if you take that time, you will have lots and lots of payoff in terms of the vagina trusting and having pleasure for down the road. Mm -hmm. But if you try and rush it, sometimes you if you rush it, you can ruin two or three sessions. Good point of good in work. That moment, right? Because it has a memory. It's not interesting. It just yeah. it has a memory. It does absolutely, <laughs> and it knows. It's like pain. No, not tolerating that. Yeah. Have you seen and the book the um, yeah. When Sex Hurts? No. That's a fabulous book. I recommend that for anybody who's got any kind of pelvic pain mm -hmm. because they narrow down what the different kinds of um, uh, conditions are. Mm -hmm. So you can self-diagnose because a lot of gynecologists don't even know what the specifics are. That's and then what my how mom to was solve saying. It, and, then, yeah. and then what you need to do. And it's done by people who've been, this is all they've been doing for years. It's a great book. Yeah, because even, yeah, I, I had to go to gynecologist recently because I'm having a, a bit of pain and still people aren't really knowing what it is. We're trying right. a bunch of things and she's like, it's just so under-researched yeah. that it's only the people that have actually had it themselves right. and share with other people their stories and, and yeah. you know, how they ended up overcoming it or aiding it in some way that... It's just that big support group. It's not yes. even the gynecologist because right. they've only come across it once, yes. if at all. Yeah. You know, because... But it is really common is the other it's, irony, right? Yes. Your gynecologist may have only seen it once or twice, but it's a incredibly common and yeah. so many women are just, so surprised. And they just think that's how it is now. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. I Maybe just it just hurts when I pee now. Yes. <laughs> now yeah. that I'm 30. Yeah. Like, yeah, which is unfortunate, and there's often things that we can do about it as long as we know where to look. Yeah, even I had a friend that recently was like, just about um, P and V sex, she's like, oh, well it, well, it always hurts at first. And I was like, no, it doesn't. It doesn't have to. Wait, it always hurts at first for you? Like, and she's like, yeah. Like, oh and my God. that's the vagina tightening up because it does always hurt at first. Yes. And then it relaxes because so the it knows it's going to be okay. <laughs> so for that person, what is helpful is to take a deep breath and squeeze mm -hmm. the whole vaginal area and relax it before it goes in and she guides it in. Mm -hmm. Then she's in control and she's more likely to trust. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it's painful, you stop. Take a deep breath, squeeze. Do the same thing. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Relax, relax, and then move it in again. And and if you do that a few times, she should be able to experience pain-free intercourse. Oh, it's insane what we what we deal with. Yeah, <laughs> what we put up with, right? What we endure. put up with is is the yeah thing that I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Lordy Lou. Okay, um, I would love for you to tell us. We're nearing the end here. Okay. I'd love for you to tell us some things that are going on at Good For Her in the near future. Uh, well, we always have workshops. Yes. Um, workshops are a big part of what we oh, do. Um, and so we always have our standard, really popular workshops. Um, our two most popular are Giving Great Head mm -hmm. and uh, Bigger Better Multiples Orgasms. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes for women, sometimes for everybody. Um, but what's coming up specifically, we have mm -hmm. a workshop on sexual fetish. If you want to learn about sexual fetish um, nice. on April the 4th. And who's teaching that? Um, Are you that's or? Shahrazad. Lovely. Who is a professional dominatrix in town. Really, really lovely, lovely, mm -hmm. fabulous. Great. Um, and April the 11th is How to Drive Your Man Wild with Pleasure. And mm -hmm. this is Rebecca Rosenblatt, who's known as Dr. Date. She's got a program on Roger's um, Sex at 10. Um, and so... Um, 
uh, that is always a popular workshop. Fantastic. Um, teaching another on awakening the temple priestess. So this mm. is all about discovering your own inner sexual power mm-hmm. and finding that um, that interest, that desire, that passion, and, and kind of owning that it's okay to be a sexual person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and people find that a very powerful workshop. We've done that lots of times. I've kind of learned about that whole realm mm-hmm. uh, through the book just called Vagina, I believe, by Naomi Wolf. Oh, that's Naomi a great Wolf. book. Yeah, yeah. Love and that, that kind of was just an introduction to that. Yeah. Then I started doing a lot of yeah. research yeah. on it. Yeah, that's a great book. Yeah, I yeah. love that book. Yeah. Um, and then I'm doing a couple workshops called Keep Her Cummings, so The Art of Pleasuring Women. And right. I have one for men to attend and one for women and trans folk to attend. They're great. similar, but a little bit different in focus for each one. Because that good for her you you have some women's only hours and some trans only hours here don't you yeah so we have um two hours on sundays our first two opening hours from noon till two are women and trans only um and we um do that because there are some people who feel more comfortable shopping in a gender safe space Mm -hmm. um I have noticed and learned over the many years of operating the store that the men who walk through the doors are lovely. Yes. They are so sweet. They are genuinely yeah. So not looking. saying anything about yeah. the guys are being douchebags, yeah. so no. we got to kick them out. Yeah, not at no, all. <laughs> it's not. But I also have had experiences with women who said, I don't understand why you have women in trans-only hours, and I sort of mm-hmm. try and explain it to them. They come in, and a man walks in, and he's not even paying attention to her. He has no clue that she's in the store, but she is is nervous about her yeah just being afraid that he's going to overhear a conversation or he's going to know something about her and they'll say to me afterwards like oh now I get why you do that and so it's not it's just about our experiences in the world Mm -hmm. and what how those experiences have affected us and how we're triggered sometimes by men and say anything about men in general (laughs) yeah (laughs) or that particular lovely man no absolutely that's the thing is the guys who come through are really great Um, we also break down our workshops gendered um, because we find that it's much more effective that way Mm -hmm. like I teach a workshop on orgasms for women only and I teach it for all genders Mm -hmm. and I tell you the experience of the workshop totally different totally different yeah so when it's just women they're laughing they're asking questions they're sharing their experiences they're saying yeah but when I do this thing and they're getting really explicit about what works and what doesn't work and asking all these things when it's men and women it's pretty much silent I do the whole workshop in like a half hour less time (laughs) I'm always like, how did I end that a half hour earlier? Because there aren't, the, and it's it's just because of the social dynamics that we have in our culture when you mix genders together and talk about sex. Sure. So yeah. I have the same I have the same uh, experiences with doing my live stage show. My right. shows are usually very female heavy, right. but when there are a couple other men performing, it's like a couple men performing at all yeah. it's like a totally different dynamic right. yeah. to have like like this show coming up I think I've had I have the most cisgendered straight men in the show that I've ever had and right. it's kind of weird I'm like yeah. trying to navigate what this is going to be like now because it can be a completely different experience right yeah because yeah. we have a, a large female following sure. of people that attend the show as well yeah. so it's like yeah. Yeah, just trying to figure out, you know, how to make everyone comfortable and have a good time. And just, it's a different energy in the room now. It is. Yeah. 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 And I think we can say, like, you know, it's 2016 and we're all good with sex and we've all figured it out and it's all fine. 
but it's not for everybody yeah. and it's okay and yeah. so we offer different workshops for different genders just because we find that it the learning is just much more powerful that way and that's just how we do it and sometimes we have pre you have your preference you can come to an orgasm one that's you know just for you or for you and a partner or whatever um however you prefer to experience that fantastic so carlisle can you tell our listeners here today where they can learn more about Good For Her? Sure. So we and have, you. Yeah, we have a <laughs> website. It's goodforher.com. Yep. Um, so you can go on there and have a little look around. We have our YouTube videos are listed there. Our workshops are listed there. Um, you can, you know, shop for products. You can get advice on, you know, what's the best toy, given who I am, that kind of thing. Um, you can also come and visit us in the store, mm -hmm. and we're at one. We are right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, one seventy-five Harvard Street, and so Harvard is parallel to Bloor, mm -hmm. one Main Street south of Bloor, and we're just east of Bathurst. So we're across from Central Tech High School. Some people know where that is, or we're down the street from Honest Ed's. Yeah, some people know where that is. Most people know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really recommend like come with a partner, come with a couple friends, come and explore, ask lots of questions. Don't um, be shy. Don't be shy. We offer you tea when you come in. You don't have to buy anything. You can look around. Um, a lot of people find it just educational just being in the space and fun, too. And so you can come down and Greg ask questions. Greg might be here. Greg might be Greg here. Greg might be here. <laughs> um, or any of the other staff. Uh, and there's nothing like picking up a vibrating toy and feeling it in your hands. And oh, getting yeah. a sense of the power and the size. Night and, and the day texture. between ordering online. I know yes. people want to kind of be discreet and mm -hmm. what have you with ordering online. But there's it's, nothing like holding yeah. it in your hand. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it makes a big difference and you can sort of just ask questions like, well, how does this compare to that? Or what makes this better than that? Mm -hmm. Or I don't debating between these three toys. And that's, I think, the best way to get the best toy for you if you're looking for yeah. a toy. You've got a 19, or 19 plus years of experience, you know. Right. Use yeah. you. Yeah. Use us. <laughs> Come that's in and it. use Carlisle. <laughs> Carlisle, thank you so, so much uh, for taking the time to speak with me. Just a pleasure and oh so knowledgeable. Thank you. Thank you again. It's fun. Folks, I'm Erin Pym and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. We're here with Carlisle Jansen of Good For Her. To find out more about the Bedpost stage show, go to facebook.com slash bedposterotica. I have a personal blog with over 100 erotic short stories. That's at erinserotica.com. And lastly, the Bedpost Podcast features original music by Steph Copeland, who can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com.